0: Hey, hey, I'm Rebecca. This is a podcast for all my single friends out there and for anyone who's ever been single. Cue the laughs, life lessons, and all things love. Welcome to Dating in the Bay. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Hope you guys are having a great day. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Dating in the Bay podcast. Today's a bittersweet day. I'm super excited to present to you Jenna, who's amazing. And she's the author of the book, Me and Search of You, which is a beautiful book, poetry, little vignette style book. But the reason I say it's bittersweet is because this is my last episode for a little bit. I'm going to take a season break and use this time away from the podcast to hopefully find a sponsor. So if you're interested, hit me up. And I'd also love to find a co-host. So putting that out in the energy in the world. And yeah, just give myself a little, a little break. Whether you've been here from the very beginning or you've been here just today's your first day, I really appreciate all of you guys tuning in and supporting me in the podcast. I feel like this is it's become more of a community and I would love to also double down on the community side. So potentially thinking about some in-person events or even like doing things around the country. So I'm going to use this time a little bit to broaden my horizons and see where the wind will take us. And I try to use that for my dating strategy as well as not really force anything be open to being pleasantly surprised. And I kind of think that that mentality is really helpful, especially in this really, I would say it's kind of an ambiguous dating world that we're in, especially now that everything's opened up, but basically all gloves are off and it's kind of the wild west. And, but yeah, I was kind of just reflecting on the key learnings that I've taken away and why I even started the podcast to begin with. And it was all really serendipitous. A couple of years ago, my friend and I, we recorded two episodes together but then she moved away. And that was when I got laid off from my startup. That was before the whole pandemic started. And yeah, I had a ton of time. I had technically, I had nine months, although I didn't really know it at the time, obviously. It's funny because last night I met a couple young women at a bar opening and they were in college and they're like, oh, like, do you learn a lot from the podcast? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm always learning. And I'm always realizing how much I don't know and how I'm just a constant sponge. So I think I mentioned this earlier, but Again, if you're interested in being a sponsor, I'd love to hear from you. If you know anybody who might want to co-host with me, also please get in touch and I'll still be super active on Dating the Bay Instagram. Let me tell you a little bit about Jenna, my guest today. Jenna's episode was a great example of why I love podcasting because it's just so fun and so genuine authentic and I loved her energy and we both have really similar philosophies about dating where we don't like to talk negatively or complain about dating too much because that just creates a negative experience and you can bond over being like oh dating's hard dating's the worst but you also don't want to create your reality so if you keep on saying like dating's the worst you're gonna hate dating and that's also a great reminder too that if you're not having a good time on dates just take a break delete the apps from your phone and take a real break and just do things for yourself and not because you think oh i might meet somebody this way secretly like just do it for yourself what happened to having fun and like silliness and i I hope that we can all bring that back because I think that is the game changer. The goal of a first date is only to be like, should I go on a second date? And that's really it. The world's your oyster. Jenna, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I'm a regular listener, big fan of the podcast. So excited to be here.
0: Oh, thank you. Tell my listeners a little bit about how old are you? Are you a full-time author or what's like your story?
1: Sure. So I'm Jenna Langbaum. I'm 28 years old and I grew up on the East Coast as well. I grew up right outside of New York City in Westchester County. So very much a New York-centric person. All my family lives in New York State, and I'm a huge like New York City person. I am currently a creative director at a PR agency here in New York, and I've been working in marketing and agency jobs since I graduated college. I am not a full-time author at this point, but you know, you never know, hopefully, right? Maybe after this podcast. Um, (laughs) So I have always sort of had like a nine to five job that includes like writing and creative thinking for sure, but I've always pursued these creative projects on the side. So When I first graduated from college, I wrote a play in college and I ended up putting that on Off-Broadway through the Fringe Festival Wow! when I was about 23. Yeah, it was so cool. It was amazing, truly amazing thing. And then after that, I did a project with my best friend who's an artist and it was my writing and her words and me made prints of them and actually ended up in a little gallery on the Lower East Side. And so after that project, I started thinking, you know, what's next? Like these projects really keep me going when it comes to keeping my creativity alive. So I started thinking, you know, what's next? Um, I'm always writing. I'm always on to something, but I'm never quite sure what it's going to be. And so at the time, I was working these really crazy hours at an agency and going on a lot of bad dates at the same time. I was in my early 20s. And I was just like, something has to change in your life, Jenna. Like this is not going, like this, something's got to change. So then I started thinking like, you know i'd write down little notes to myself after each date or i'd write or you know even just like in discussion with friends things like that and i just thought you know we're all going through a really similar experience of kind of the swirl of dating and how it just feels really chaotic and lonely and frustrating and all these different things and i thought you know what if i wrote a book and then i just started writing the book that ultimately became this one and so it took me about 5 years to put together wow. i would say but five years to do the writing and then like about a year to put together as a book. But yeah, so it started off as a collection of full length essays. And then I started rereading each one and I was just like, this is droning on and on and on. And it felt a little indulgent. And I would be struck always by two to probably four sentences of each one and be like, this is the funniest moment. This is the saddest moment. I like this moment the best. And then I just thought, let's just make each story really, really short. Because I think it ended up really reflecting sort of the energy that happens in your early 20s where you're all over the place and you're frenetically going from person to person, date to date, you're on to the next You're There's a lot of energy and movement. So I think the short style really works well in this setting. But it definitely wasn't what I thought in the beginning. I was writing like full length essays. But I'm so excited by the way it turns out. I think it, I think it really reflects the experience well, I would say.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, as a reader, I loved the book. I have it right here, actually. And I loved reading it because you have the poetry part of the story and then you have, you're sitting drinking a glass of scotch, and you're like giving the actual tea of what you really thought about it. How did that happen? Because like, yeah, I love the way that like the style is. So
1: yeah, thank you so much. By the way, I'm so happy that you liked it. People's attention span and also the energy of the book sort of came well into that form. But then... I was actually telling one of my friends, Sam, about this book. And I was like, I'm writing this book, and there are all these short stories. And you know, it's a little depressing right now, the way that it feels. Like it's like, I'm going on a million bad dates is essentially what's happening, right? And he was like, That's not you. That's not your personality. Like, if you were gonna go on a stage and read one of these stories, you would start off by being like, oh, well, I never heard from this guy again. Like he ended up being a freak or whatever I would have said. Like, I'm a very outgoing, like overall really jolly person. So he was like, you need to add like a line at the beginning or the end. That's like you looking back at yourself and laughing at yourself because that's more of your personality than just writing emo stories. So yeah, I think that's probably my favorite part of the whole book are those like italicized sentences at the end. Because I think we all have a tendency to be like, oh my God, everything sucks. Like I don't have good luck, blah, blah, blah. But then when you like look back at the actual story, you're like, that was really funny. Or like, like that ended up being like leading to this. And like, just you have all these sort of inside jokes of yourself. And I think I wanted to sort of reflect that self-awareness.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I kind of tie it all together. And then you kind of just get a good chuckle in at the end. I'm like, oh, this is so witty. What would you say is your favorite story that you
1: have in the book? There's a few different stories that I love so much. So one of them is sort of the, the one that everyone mentions whenever I talk about my book, which is when I went into a cab and the cab driver was a psychic and he was predicted my next relationship down to the day. It came true hundred percent. That's an amazing New York story that actually happened to me. It was So crazy. And I love psychics, as you probably have gathered from the book. So I love that so much. There's another one too. It's right in the sort of beginning of part two where I just broke up with the college boyfriend. And literally the night that we broke up, I saw that he changed his Facebook profile picture. And this is showing my age because I know nobody is on Facebook anymore. But at that time, that was a really big deal that, you know, we broke up. And then an hour later, I saw that he changed the photo. And so I was obviously like in tears, but then I went to one of my best friend's apartment. She was like, nope, we are putting some makeup on you. We're taking a new photo. We're doing it tonight. And I think that also sort of like sums up like the whole experience. And it's like one minute you're down, the next you're like all dolled up on the couch with wine, like having a photo shoot, trying to like be triumphant. I think that like, I just love that. It's such a little simple moment, but we have all had those with our friends where we're like, Nope, we're going out. We're continuing. Yeah. Like, I love that. I love that. Yeah.
0: I love that too because it's like you're turning it around. You're like, nope, this is not how that it's going to end. We're going to redo this. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: Redemption. Would you be willing to do like a little reading of an excerpt?
1: Oh, I would love to. That would be amazing. Here we go. I replicate it. It's on page 66. There are four black tops, three pairs of jeans, and one casual dress. I do the same wave in my hair, the same dark pink lips, the same black boots. There is such a ritual of costume and performance. My script prepped and read, my jokes timed with precision. The anecdotes I've concocted about my family, my friends, my crazy boss, my fake walls, my high school performance of Sandy and Grease, all ready to go. It always goes the same. We saunter on stage, our faces light up, we hug, we smile, we lean, we scan each other for possibility, and then I go home, disrobe, wipe off the paint, and fold myself back to the silence. I can feel my brain nabbing along to the stories like a stage mom. So yeah, that's one of my favorite ones because I think it really reflects the kind of monotony of dating and how no one really even thinks about the fact that we're getting like almost in a costume performing and then it's like oh gotta go like my first date performance is done like I sort of like had that realization one day when I was like putting on the same outfit and sort of like doing the same dance and I was just like oh my god this is endless
0: yeah no it's so relatable and I actually do remember that story a lot because I literally call it my first date costume
1: yeah and
0: I mean, part of it's good. I think because like, you're putting on something you feel confident in, yes. but you are putting on a mask. You're also, yes, sharing the same kind of jokes, things, you know, that are going to land well, things that you know, have your stories ready who are like, they're not going to be too offensive that, you know, yes. they'll get a few laughs and that kind of thing, but it's, it can get quite, yeah, tedious, but what have you learned since like writing the book? How
1: has that changed how you date? Sure. So I will say writing the book was an extremely cathartic experience. I was dating for so many years, that I didn't realize how much was really like bottled up when it came to like all the different stories and experiences and the sense of rejection and loneliness and and all that. I think that the book itself has just shown me like it's literally all laid out on paper, it's just shown me how much is just out of your control. And you just have to do what you want to do and think a little bit less about like, do they like me and rather like, do I even like them? Or am I just like trying to get them to like me? And I think that's sort of been my biggest takeaway and what I think now in my life, I try much more to focus on, am I just wanting the validation? Am I looking for attention? Or is this like a real thing? And I think that's really hard sometimes to like separate in your brain. Also, I would say it's made me just be a lot more open up, up as a person, I would say that I have really laid it all out there from a vulnerability perspective that I'm just now like, I don't really have anything left to hide. I'm very much just like an open book. I've always been a little bit like that, but I think now I'm just like, I'm just sort of putting it all out there. And I think that's just the way to be. And it's very freeing to be in that headspace. I also think that, I used to be a little bit more coy about the fact that I like write these type of things and write about relationships and stuff. Cause I just thought like, Oh, if I walk into a date and I say that I wrote a book about dating, like, what are they going to think? And now I'm just like, no, this is amazing. I love that I did this. And like, if you don't like it, like I'm not for you. That's just also changed a lot.
0: Yeah. I love that. Especially because especially for me too, it's like, I have a dating podcast, but I'm like, oh, how do I navigate sharing that? Because people are like, oh, no, are you going to talk about me on your podcast? I, I know.
1: Everyone, it's like, are you that, in, or if you're interesting, maybe, but I don't know that you're going to get on the...
0: Exactly. You have to be <laughs> do something really bad for, for me to, to talk oh. about you.
1: <laughs> I know. No,
0: but also, I, I love how relatable your book is too, especially like you were just saying about how we can often get stuck in that pick me mentality and not actually... We only just want them to like us so badly that we'll almost self-abandon. And I feel like that's the biggest learning, at least from, I mean, I'm still learning it. And I'm 34. I mean, you're saying that you're old. I'm like a dinosaur over here 34. Oh, no, no, no. Never. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's a constant learning and always iterating. And I feel like modern dating is just inherently more, I don't know, it feels like this swampy abyss that we're in. And then you're always yes. just like, paddling around being like, do I like you? Or like, (laughs) like, do I want you to like me? What's happening here? And then, oh, we're never going to speak again. Oh, okay. I see how it is.
1: Yes, exactly. And like, I think once you realize like, I'm never going to know, I am really never going to know, then it's just takes the pressure off all in a lot of ways. I think I always like set up tests in my mind almost. I didn't even realize I was doing this, but I'd be like, well, you know, if they liked me, they would text me this, Day and like they would text like this, and you know, they might do this on the date, and then it's just like they're never gonna do that. Like, it's just you know, so I think just like letting go of that and being like, I'm in the swamp, I'm giving it a go, like, let's see what happens. I think yeah. that's much more freeing. Yeah, we don't
0: even have our floaties anymore.
1: No, lost those. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a
0: paddle at this point. It's just like
1: Literally just treading along, yeah, just flailing
0: out here. So I do the same thing about the texting or like, I'm like, yes. uh, I kind of negotiate with myself where I'm like, okay, they wouldn't want to go three days without talking to me. So know, they, it's know. like, they're not a monster. They I know they're obsessed with me. And then I'm like, okay, so if I hear from them three days, then, then I can say this funny thing that I've been waiting to say, but I'm not going to go rogue and say it on my own. Do you do that too?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like I think in one of the stories called We Texted, which is like just fragments of text messages I've gotten throughout the years. It's like you always are looking around for the thing that you guys talked about that you can be like, oh my God, I just had Blue Gatorade and you said you loved that. And it's like, (laughs) what are we doing? Like truly what are we doing? Yeah. But no, I a hundred percent set up these negotiations in my mind where I'm like, well, they do have a work presentation. So should be hearing from them by the end of the day. And you know, if I don't, maybe the work presentation didn't go well. And then it's just like, we're like, what are we doing? Like, this oh, yeah. is so crazy. Sometimes I'm like,
0: oh my gosh, what if they really died? Like, what I if, know, is, should, I I know. Call,
1: should I call a hospital? I was dating someone. I, I've talked about this a bunch, but the first person that I dated after my college boyfriend we like were dating for two months, I would say, but like we were seeing each other multiple times a week, like very much felt like we were dating and he just ghosted me. And I was certain that he died. Like, I was like, there's just no way that a human could be like one minute being like meeting my friends and like all this stuff. And then the next minute, like he blocked me, everything. And I was just like, It was so perplexing to me that like a human being could gather the strength to do that, that you're like, this isn't a human. Like I've never experienced this behavior in any other aspect of my life that you feel crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's truly a shocking and humbling experience to continue to put ourselves in positions where over and over again, we're constantly being rejected, having disappointment, always in this constant state of kind of semi-mourning somebody else, you know, a previous person. Totally. But then it's also so crazy that we keep on doing it. We're so devoted to this goal that we just keep putting ourselves like that's so resilient and badass that we do it. And it's just, I don't know, our resilience. I feel like we never give ourselves enough credit because I had something similar to happen to me with a ghosting. And it's kind of common, yes. which is the really scary part.
1: It's really weird to me. And I I will say that I do agree hundred percent with the resilience. I think Sometimes I like look at myself and I'm like, okay, we've been doing this for so many years and it's just like, and then I have friends who, you know, have been with the person they're getting married now or whatever. And they've been dating since they were 18 or whatever. And, if you find your person, then that's what happens and whatever, that's great. I am happy on some level that I have, like, I feel like such a fully strong individual that I have gone through so much when it comes to dating that you really like, it changes your whole perspective about your yourself. Cause you're just like, well, you know, I went through that. So I probably could get through this part too. Like you really do look at yourself and you're like, we can do it. You know, we've been through a lot. Like, here we go. So that's sort of one of the positive aspects, I will say.
0: Oh, I totally agree. I feel like even sometimes when there's some disappointing experience, I always feel like this little sense of relief underneath, like, oh, you still have feelings, which is always good, because I don't want to be cold hearted. (laughs) And also that, like, oh, I'm surviving this. It's not fun, but i gonna survive it and then I'm gonna do it again yes and and I will say too it's like so many of my guests have just been such strong badass women and I just feel like there's so many added dimensions to women who are we're still kind of all in the trenches and doing this but it's like we have way more creative outlets I feel like there's just so many really cool things that maybe indirectly come out from being single what do you think totally
1: I agree I haven't been in many relationships in my life like over the span of high school to now there's only been a few and like I'm just a single like I'm so used to being single on some level that I think it's that like sense of independence and that sense of like you're almost your own little team it's like all right tonight we're going out we're getting to all, like it's like and like at the end of the night you're left with you always like I think you really develop this bond with yourself and like I said earlier just like you have so many inside jokes with yourself oh yeah like oh my god remember this restaurant that we went to with that weird guy like that happened here like I don't know I just think it's you've developed a really like a very close understanding of yourself when you're single I really do believe that
0: oh that's so powerful (laughs) I never thought about it like that yeah it's true do you live alone during the pandemic too yeah
1: Oh, so I live alone. Yes, I live alone now, which has been like quite the situation with working from home, just in the sense that like, I'm very social. So sitting alone is difficult for me all day. But in the beginning of the pandemic, I was in a relationship and we were staying together. And then I moved into my own apartment last summer. And so, yeah, it's a lot of time alone. (laughs) It's a lot of time alone. Yeah. So you kind of are just like this is who's here right now just little <laughs> old me. So, you know, you have to cultivate that dynamic with yourself and it does make you face elements of yourself where you feel stronger after it, I think.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. I have a couple questions about the book still. What was the hardest part about writing it?
1: So the hardest part for me was figuring out the narrative arc. So I have hundreds of these stories, like I have many more of them, but a lot of them ended up sort of being the same thing over and over again. So it was figuring out like a balance of like happy, sad, analytical, almost like big picture about dating versus like a very minute moment with someone versus like the kind of roller coaster of emotions. I wanted to show like some bit of like growing up a little bit. So I think like in the beginning, you hear a lot about like, my emotional state dating my ex-boyfriend and like, oh my God, unraveling all of that. And it's all feels very intense. And then sort of by the end of the book, the tone shifts to being a little bit more like, well, you know, now I go on dates and we're just sort of seeing what happens. And it's, just, it's really just the growing up process, I would say. And the ending was also really tough for me because I ended up ending the book sort of based off of like when I met my ex-boyfriend and our beginning, which you know, I was writing it as it was happening almost. And I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't work out with him, at least it's like a good ending. Um, But it ended up going further. But I think I, I didn't want to end it on a note that was like, and now I have a boyfriend and I'm so happy. And like, you just have to stick it out. Because, you know, as it turned out, we're broken up, like it doesn't always work out. And like, I didn't want to end it on that note, but then I also didn't want to end it on the note that's like, and you'll never find anyone and it's so difficult. So I think finding like a balance of like a little bit of hope and like some realism about the situation too.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause yeah, like so many rom-coms, it's like doop doop deep, doop.
1: And they got the guy. I know. And and then they're on the middle of the Brooklyn Bridge and yeah. he's on his motorcycle or something. And it's like, well, where did they go after? Like, did yeah. they get dinner? Like, what's going on? Like,
0: yeah, exactly. We even need answers. We have too many yeah. questions.
1: <laughs> yes. Have any guys reached out to you after reading your book? So that's actually the first time that someone's asked me that. But so it's so funny. Not really. I actually ran into someone. Like, he's a friend of a friend. And he... One of his stories, like he knew that I might write about it because it was like such a story. Yeah. So he was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm in the book!" But he was like really jolly about it, and we like were laughing. Yeah. But other than that, no, not really. I mean, many of them are just first or second dates, and they don't even like follow me on Instagram. They would never like know me at this point because I dated them a long time ago too. So I think to myself, sometimes I'm like, you don't even know, like (laughs) you're this. Also, the book is told in me and you. So there's no names. Yeah. So yeah. So there's no way for them to be like, necessarily, this is me. A lot of the details are mixed together. So not everything is 100% like this happened to me by any means. There's a lot of manipulation when it comes to this guy was like, said this line, but I put it in the West Village and I put this after this and blah, blah, blah. And it was just kind of piecing things together to create, again, that like arch where I didn't want to be like too saturated in one space. And some of them are stories of friends that we went over many times and stuff like that. So not 100% accurate by any means to my life, but, yeah. you know, all drawn from my feelings I've had.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, all the stories are super, super relatable. That's like the, most, that's like the one where I'm like, this is just so relatable. I'm like, yes. Now no. you can just insert yourself into any of them and be like, yep. Been there. Thank
1: you. Oh, I'd love to hear that.
0: Yeah. Two things. One, how did you come up with the title? Cause it's so spot on.
1: I love that you love it. I actually didn't come up with it. I'm not going to lie. So I named the book We Popped, which is the name of the first and the last story, because it has dual meaning. So the first one, it's like, we popped, like we broke apart. And the last one, it's like, we popped, we are like beginning, we are, you know, like exploding almost. And so I named it We Popped. And then as I moved forward with the publisher, they were like, no one's going to get this they were basically like, this was listed on a page with other books. You want to know what the book is about since I'm a first time author. And so I just worked with my agent to try and figure out like what the title would be. And because me and you, the book is told of me and you, we finally landed on me in search of you. I can't imagine it being called anything else now, but at first I was like, ah, this isn't my title. And now I'm like, "Ah, uh, totally like it's perfect. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It really is perfect. I feel like it ties everything together. Is there going to be a second book or what's next in your creative pipeline?
1: So I am working on a second book, Rebecca. (laughs) Yes. So, okay. So the first book is sort of all about the early twenties and like that experience and dating people in their early twenties a lot of the time and sort of the like lack of commitment and the lack of like knowledge of what's happening, I will say. And so the second book, I started writing it to be from the lens of the later 20s. And sort of, I'm really in this stage where I'm going to a bachelorette wedding or shower every weekend now. And I'm learning so much about myself in these situations. So dealing with dating again, in my later 20s, and sort of like, how that feels really different. And also, not necessarily being the one who's like single at all the weddings and like always a bride so you're never a bride like not really that narrative but also just a sort of like neutral narrative where you're kind of just like watching all of this happen in other people's lives and deciding in your own head what do I want do I want to you know have it like this or things like that just kind of exploring that world and that territory because marriage is It spiked for me and my friend groups, I would say like during COVID, a lot of my friends were engaged. And so now I'm just looking at it from such a different lens.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm really excited for this. (laughs) Oh, yay. Yeah. I have kindred spirits because I feel really similarly that like most of my friends who are single actually at the beginning of the pandemic are now living with their boyfriends and are on the trajectory of getting engaged. Crazy. (laughs) As an outside observer. Yeah. Not to compare, but just being like, oh, like. I guess if I would have done those things, I could be in that fast track.
1: Yes. What does that feel like? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's like, I found to be like such a dichotomy is like, there was one day that I was like, setting up a second date with someone at a wedding, hearing about one of my friends getting engaged, received a bridal shower, like in my, and I was just like, I'm going on a second date. And like, it's just really, you're like still in that stage where you're like, what's your favorite? bar what's your favorite pizza and they're literally like should we buy this pot for our house or like whatever and I think like that is it becomes the dichotomy between like being single and being engaged or even in a relationship really expands even more as you like get older and older I will say and it's not really from a negative it's like I don't see it now I would say as like a negative thing like I'm so happy about you know the place that I'm in right now that I'm like I'm not like, oh my God, I need to get married. I don't look at it like that at all. I look at it much more like, it's just so fascinating how like we've been friends since high school or elementary school. And like, this is happening for you and this is happening for me at the same Mm -hmm. time.
0: You have such a refreshing, healthy way of looking at it too. Because I think so many people, (laughs) some people can look at it being like, oh, I'm lacking this thing. But yeah, I'm in the same boat where it's like, oh, I'm thankful for where I am today. I love like where I'm at. And so I wouldn't want to have it any other way. And whatever happens down the road, so be it, like you were saying, people's paths go kind of down to like divergent ways, but I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I feel like everyone's on their own journey and we got to just support each other. Right.
1: Totally. And I also think like the one thing that this is cheesy, but I always think like that I still get to like have my story of like how I meet him, whoever he may be. Like I still get to live all that out, which kind of like sometimes makes me be like, wow, like, you know, they had the story where they met and they're really happy and they're getting married. And that's great. But I haven't even had that yet. So that's kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, it's a page turner. You must be an author or something. (laughs) Like, I don't don't know how the book ends yet.
1: (laughs) I know we don't know, Rebecca. It's
0: exciting. Oh, my gosh, Jenna, this is so fun. (laughs) I know I could talk forever. (laughs) I know. This was was great. Do you have a title yet for your book? Nothing yet. I don't know those details. But hopefully soon
1: you'll be the first to know.
0: Yes, yes, you'll definitely have to come back because I love that premise about just how it, everything shifts. And I mean, I'm not in my mid 30s yet, I don't think. 34 is not 35. Yeah, the same kind of challenges exist where it's, it's just kind of hobbling through. See, like a lot, of my friend, a lot of my friends have their second kids now. Some of them have three kids. Dang. Ah,
1: that's crazy. Dang. <laughs> I
0: don't know, right? I'm like literally like, sometimes I'm like, oh, should I have like tater tots or quesadilla <laughs> for <know>. dinner? i <laughs> mean <laughs> like,
1: the question of the day.
0: Do I have any chocolate around here?
1: Yes,
0: yes. But yeah, it's just. It's I mean, on our minds. Yeah, it's. I'm like, oh, I wonder how many episodes of <laughs> working, working Moms can I watch? I love Working Moms. It's so good. So funny. Asterisk. It's hilarious. I love. I love. The I makeup. fly through those. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I just started it last week or two weeks ago, and I'm already almost done with season four. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. But
1: no, that you could like sit down and. Crank it out. Like, I I think I had the same experience with it during the pandemic. One day I was like, what is this show? It's so good.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a reality show. And I was like, I can't deal with a reality show of working mothers. Like I just don't. I have know, that. I was like, but then, yeah, I was like, that sounds terrible. But then one of my friends was like, my friends was like, you should you would really like that. And then I turned and I was like, wait, this is a
1: gold mine. <laughs> yes, I know. It's hysterical.
0: Yeah. And they're 22 minutes long. I have, a Amazing. A, I have the attention span of a gnat. So <laughs> the fact that I can last 22 minutes without staring, like looking at my phone or looking outside, it's a miracle.
1: <laughs> totally, totally. Totally. Awesome.
0: Well, this was such a treat. Thank you so much, Jenna. This was awesome. Oh, I loved this. This me was too. so fun. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Jenna. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you guys so much for listening today. Thanks for taking this amazing journey with me. And like I said before, I'm looking for a sponsor for the podcast and also a co-host. So if you know anybody who wanted to be a co-host with me, please reach out to me as well and I'll be on my little hiatus for a bit and I'll be keeping you guys informed of the whereabouts and you know sharing stuff on the socials, Instagram and Twitter primarily. And yeah, feel free to keep on like reaching out to me. I love when all of you guys send me like questions about just like specific dating questions or I know sometimes people ask me just really random questions. <laughs> Lots of people ask me random questions and I like answering them. And I'm also just really thankful to, again, all of my listeners. I've become friends with a lot of you and it's been really, truly just a joy and it's been a wild ride and I I hope that we can continue it. Like I said, I do need to find a sponsor and hopefully a a co-host. I'm putting this out in the universe, so hopefully it will come back. I'll keep you guys posted and please do stay subscribed for this podcast because you'll get a, a notification when I do come back. So, Thanks again for everything you can find me on dating in the Bay on Instagram, and you can follow me on Twitter at dating in the Bay as well. Thanks again to studio pod for producing my podcast. Feel free to reach out to me and I'll always be here and I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good day.